Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact, their inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Dr. Kathleen Hendricks, also called Katie. Katie is an evolutionary catalyst and contextual disruptor. I love that. She, <laughs> she has been a pioneer in the field of body intelligence and conscious loving for over 40 years. Katie has an international reputation as a seminar leader, training professionals from many fields in the core skills of conscious living, authenticity, response ability, and appreciation. She's the co-author of 12 books, including the best-selling Conscious Loving at the Speed of Life and the new Conscious Loving Ever After, How to Create Thriving Relationship at Midlife and Beyond. Katie has been a successful entrepreneur for over 40 years and has developed a unique coaching and leadership program that has trained hundreds of coaches in the U.S. and Europe. She co-founded the Spiritual Cinema Circle and the Virtual Body Intelligence Summit, which will move into its third year in 2016. She's appeared in over four 500 radio and television programs and traveled well over 1 million air miles as the ambassador for the work that she and her husband, Gay Hendricks, have developed. So welcome to the podcast, Katie. I'm so delighted to have you here. Oh, thank you, Ursula. I'm really delighted to be able to collaborate with you on such an important subject. That's great. I uh, I know your career has evolved over time and uh, that you've you've worked in different realms, uh, as as the, that introduction describes. How did what drew you to have the business that you have now in particular? What kinds of things went into that mix? Yeah, that's a great question because I actually started out. I got very inspired um, by um, working with a who I discovered was a dance movement therapist and started kind of moving into the therapy world. I kind of started in that way out of my love of dance. And in a way, all of the big decisions in my life have been made from a whole body sense of of being drawn to, like must do this, must go here, must be here. And I've always deeply trusted that. But from the from the viewpoint of therapy, I was in that world for many years, and I really looked at what's possible in terms of not only my impact, but the impact for people with whom I worked. And I began to see that the therapy model is in itself limited and keeps you within a structure 
uh, that Stephen Cartman first described in the 60s, the Cartman Triangle, that we call the hero, villain, and victim. Mm -hmm, And there's a kind of inherent inequality that's built into that structure, which I think a lot of people notice also in the medical model, in the insurance model, in a lot of our contemporary models. And what I began to see was that really impact comes for all of us in our day-to-day choices. And we make those maps for our lives one choice at a time. And I, I really began to see that I wanted to collaborate with people to have them be able to make decisions that really came from the inside out. I discovered these two wonderful words recently. One is uh, exogenous, mm-hmm. which means caused from without, right. and endogenous, which means caused from within. And I noticed that people who really have impact are are endogenously based choice makers. In other words, right. they are able to tune in to their own deep body wisdom, their own what they've inherited and what they can tune into. And then they make choices that then make impact because they open up new territory in the world rather than reacting to what the current rules are. And so I've for many, many years looked at what are the moment to moment, day to day choices that we can make that make the most difference. And the other thing that we, Gay and I kind of fell into <laughs> the relationship world because when we got together we we also made a deep commitment to create a relationship that ran primarily on positive energy mm. we didn't have any idea how to do that <laughs> or if it was possible but that was what we decided that we wanted to have an impact on the world because we saw that so many relationships really were doomed from the outset because they didn't have a sense that it was even possible to have a relationship where people respected each other and appreciated each other and cared for each other and were really in support of each other. And so everything that we share in the world, we really have discovered choice by choice from that original intention. Is it actually possible to have a relationship that runs primarily on positive energy. And 36 years later, I can tell you, yes, it is absolutely <laughs> possible. And so those, those, those weavings, those different threads have really interwoven over the years to create a kind of a, a, a lean machine that allows us to move through the world with maximum impact, but with with minimum, I say minimum hassle and minimum infrastructure that really tends to take over for so many people. And that's a whole other story that we could get into. But (laughs) those are some of the things that occur to me when when you ask that question, Ursula. Well, I I love so much of what you've said. And starting with the minimum hassle, minimum infrastructure, I think entrepreneurs can get very bogged down in the mechanics of what they're doing. And that endogenously driven impact. And I love that word. I'm, I'm a scientist by training, so I know that word, but I, I have never used it or heard it used in that context of being 
endogenously motivated and, and yes. really tuning into body wisdom. So that's great. Yeah, I, I and I also love what you said about the the <laughs> the way you described uh, falling into the relationship world and and really building your own relationship and then sharing what you learned mm-hmm. by in terms of the day to day choices that you've made yeah. and uh, all of us so deeply need a positive role model because many people don't have that positive energy role model for relationships, whether they're, they're intimate relationships or, or any other kind. So it's, yeah, that's a very good point. And one of the things that we've noticed about relationships, whether it is intimate relationships or friendships or business relationships, I really see, and I, you know, I've been in the, the executive coaching world and in, in the business world for a, for a long time. And it's really clear that even in business, what you are operating with is the quality of your relationships. Mm. That's what really makes the impact. There was also a, a filmmaker that I met several years ago who was really, he was going around and meeting with world uh, leaders like Desmond Tutu and uh, at that time Mandela and interviewing them about what is it going to take for us all to have an impact on the way the world is operating and the way that we are in relationship with the big body that we all live on the planet. And what he came to was, first of all, that we have about 30 years, and this was about 20 years ago, so I think he was right on target to make changes before it's too late. And that truly each one of these leaders said that we do make these that we make impact one relationship at a time and that's really been very meaningful to me because it's so you know looking around and going oh what can I do and how can I possibly make any difference and you know is it all hopeless and what I really committed to recently is something that we call sorting the two files that originally comes from uh, Epictetus of you know, the in order to have a successful life, it's really important to know that there are things that you can change and influence, and there are things that you can't change and influence. Mm-hmm. And really putting my attention on the things I actually can make a difference rather than, you know, worrying about all of the different things that are going on in the world, that really doesn't have any positive impact. But every day there are things that I can do that will make a difference. And I, I, I really focus on that as a way of both keeping sane, uh, but also really organizing myself in a way that honors my my own capability but also is a way that creates collaboration that creates um, a, a sense of a what some people call the we field that each of us can be connected through those larger intentions and then again choice by choice as we go through the day yeah i you've expressed that so beautifully and that 
focus on what can you as an individual do is a great focusing point and and takes us away from that disempowering feeling of there's so much yeah. there's so much yeah. need there's so many possibilities of what you can do and the the we feel i that really spoke to me when you said that i i work with a foundation in south africa uh, teaching entrepreneurs and the word ubuntu i don't know if you've heard that word before i have it, it's an uh, for those of you listening it's an african word that means i am because you are that's one mm-hmm. of the translations and so and that's so lovely yeah and you referred to Mandela, who's so revered there and and in the world as a someone who was able to just take his very profound and and potentially scarring experience and just turn it into a really magnificent uh, achievement with uh, with the way he was able to help turn things around in South Africa. Yes. So yeah, yes. The, the quality of relationships is, uh, I, I, I'd like to explore that a little bit sure. because I think I agree with you. I think that is so crucial to business and life and, um, and working with people one relationship at a time or being mm-hmm. in, in relationship. What, what do you feel is important in what we should do or consider or be aware of in relationship with others? Yeah, thank you, Ursula. I um, what we've discovered over the years, and have really um, focused on with processes and uh, trainings and books, are really the three principles that you mentioned in the introduction: authenticity, the ability to be real, to be myself, to be transparent, uh, to to create a a field, a presence in myself where other people can be real with me, can share what's really going on and including their feelings, their, um, you know, particularly their feelings and feedback that they're able to say, oh, you know, I, I, I thought I heard, I thought I heard some blaming in your voice there. Was that, was that accurate? But I noticed that my breath stopped. Those kinds of interactions that are based on authenticity, I think are really the gateway to opening up to more energy, to being able to have the flow of creativity, creativity and feelings and life energy really all come out of the same faucet. And if I am willing to be real, and I'm willing to have other people be real in my presence, that is just a huge gateway to deep connection and the kind of of grounding and trust that allows people to share, to be able to go out into the unknown together, which is really where any kind of innovation comes from. It doesn't come from repeating what you already know. It comes from being willing to go, whoa, here we go. I have this thought about this. I have no idea if it's going to work, but here we go. So authenticity, I would say, is is really key. And, th- and then there are two others. One is people really undervalue the great importance of appreciation. Mm. And we think of appreciation as kind of a pat on the back. And it's really so much more than that. It's really the the ability to be deeply and sensitively aware 
of yourself and another. It's not a Pollyanna view of the world. It really is a a an ability to be with so deeply that other people can blossom in your presence. It's also the gateway to genius, to really uh, having other people's gifts, their unique gifts blossom. When people don't really claim their own genius, because we all live in a world where where we're told to kind of diminish ourselves and, you know, don't be too full of yourself. But when you appreciate, especially another person, they begin to say, oh, oh, well, maybe this is something that might be of value to other people. You know, I always thought that my, you know, that my doodling wasn't really you know, wasn't was just something that I do in my spare time. But now I've created a whole coloring book oh. from that's now up on Amazon. Oh, so that's it, great. You know, it's really a key to uh, you know one of my students actually did that from the other people appreciating her. She realized that her doodles could become a coloring book, and so she she created that. And, and you know, it's really a key to entrepreneurs because you want to offer something unique that's going to be of value to others. And so appreciation and lack of appreciation is the big reason why people leave relationships of all kinds. It's not, I mean, I think, you know, environmental and economic kinds of uh, considerations make a big difference. But at bottom line, what we hear over and over again in the studies tell us is that it's lack of appreciation that would make people go to one uh, company or start their own rather than staying where they are. And then the third one, which I, you know, it's really the biggie, which I, why I saved it for last, which is <laughs> response ability, the actual ability to respond that we think of responsibility as reclaiming your creativity that most people are using their creativity in repetitive ways that are reactive. Mm-hmm. They're using it unconsciously uh, in in ways that don't really allow them to claim, oh, I'm creating my choices. I'm creating this result. I'm creating this feedback. And when you get these three principles circulating together, they really do create magic and they are they are principles that we've created processes for that people can find on uh, one of our websites, which is the foundation for com, And it explores those three principles, what they look like, how you can put them into action, the science that's behind them, and stories of transformation of people who are using them in their businesses, in, uh, in their relationships, uh, more in the global community uh, as well. So I would say that I also like the three because people can genuinely genuinely, and usually remember three to five things. Right. So if you load on more than that, people will go, what was that thing you were talking about? <laughs> so, <laughs> so three things that we think can change the world. Well, those are hugely important. And I, I really appreciate what you said about not about authenticity. We often think of it as a one-sided thing where I can be real, but you also said, and others can be real with me. I think that's an, a very important aspect, and, and it's why I believe impact is important. It's not just yes. about our own personal growth as an entrepreneur or whatever we choose to do in the world. It's also how are we affecting others? How are we showing up in the world that influences others? So I love that aspect that you introduced there. Yes, thank you. And and what I've found is that 
this reciprocity of uh, it, through my through my conscious listening and through my presence the quality of my presence other people can you know I'm using me as whoever decides to step into this the quality of your presence is has huge huge impact um, you know people think I have to do something you know I have to make something I have to generate something but I think at the very core the is my presence an invitation mm. for people to be themselves to to open to their own creative impulses to be able to share their fears and their uncertainties in in a place where I'm I'm going to be authentic with them rather than uh, demeaning or competitive uh, you know or uh, playing with turf wars and and the those first entryways uh, are not only openings but I think they're also a ground they're a home that we can come back to where there's a, a sense of ah you know I can I can breathe fully here I can expand into myself because when people are in fear I think fear is really the huge issue uh, on the planet right now mm-hmm. and we're really seeing recently with the you know this latest impact of um, of the uh, UK leaving uh, the EU right. as I'm listening to all of that I can hear that it's really all based in fear and so I think that e- in each of us needs to really look at that the huge impact of am I in fear or am I in presence and so I put a a lot of emphasis in my own work and in what I'm putting out in the world over the last couple of years about how each of us can move from fear to flow so that we see we're not only tied up in ourselves the flow then allows us to move into seeing others as collaborators rather than as enemies because when we're in our fear cave others then become the enemy they become the other and that's where that division and the sense of I've got to get rid of you or I've got to overpower you uh, otherwise I'm going to be in trouble we and we I I think it's imperative that we move from fear to flow so that we can become resourceful rather than reactive because when we become reactive there's only one you know one result of that it's it's war of one kind or another i completely agree with you and i i hear that too in the conversations in the uk withdrawing from the eu for example but obviously in the us and elsewhere of a there's a constricting energy about it versus being present with people and engaging with people where they are and i've i've found uh, that you can always find points of connection if you choose yeah. to look for them well and if you're able to look for them so uh, this is not a mental process people mm-hmm. think of it of as being head centric which is one of the big issues because people aren't embodied they actually don't know most people that they're walking around in a fear trance and from a fear trance you know, like sophocles said many years ago when you're scared everything rustles 
So if I'm scared, everything looks scary. The world looks scary. But if I open up to really befriending my fear and learning how to utilize that energy and change that energy into flow and creativity, then my world changes. And each of us can be the source of that change so that we don't move around in the world as fear mongers. Well, you've brought so much of your own values into your business. It, it feels like not only the work that you're doing, but also the way that you're choosing to do it, it is a reflection of your values. Is is that the case? It's, it's something I ask the people that I mm-hmm. interview because I feel that impact, uh, being out in the world and contributing in a positive way is really so deeply informed by what you hold mm-hmm. as important. Yeah, I totally agree, Ursula, and I appreciate that you're giving that focus because truly the uh, how what we um, have created is what we call the four pillars of integrity. And integrity isn't a moral issue. It's really uh, a an ability to create a sense of wholeness. And I love the the definition of integrity is really about wholeness. And uh, the the definition that I really like is a a wholeness or a completeness with nothing lacking. Mm. And when we're in integrity, when I am operating in integrity, it allows me to be in alignment so I can use myself most effectively. I haven't got wobbles in my system. And integrity creates that sense of of I'm all in focus and I'm choosing with a a sense of completeness that allows me to be available. If I have integrity wobbles, our, our four pillars are about emotional transparency, about being able to uh, listen with uh, a kind of not just authenticity, but a resonant listening and being able to speak from discovery, being impeccable about your agreements, and being able to take responsibility. And so we have these four areas that actually are about skills people can learn. They're not woo-woo. They're really processes. So, for example, um, am I able to describe what's going on for me in any moment without blame? Hmm. So that's one of the skills in the communication realm. And as people practice those skills, and as we've practiced them and developed them over these many years, what I've found is that uh, unexpectedly, I have this this sense of, like, I I just saw the recent, I was late, but I just saw the recent Star Wars movie, and I was, you know, seeing the, you know, the, they're using this lightsabers, and, and what I had always remembered from one of the first films is that the core of the engine has this kind of, it has this deep uh, energy that we can touch into directly, and as each of us can feel aligned with our true purpose, and be moving in alignment with it, we're like a finely tuned organism that can respond quickly in the world. It's allowed us to make 
decisions quickly, to move easily, but also, and I think this is really what the world is about now, it's allowed us to collaborate. Mm. And so out of the, the values that we've built really by that first, that very first decision of what allows us to be in relationship that works primarily on positive energy, we found that that positive energy, that creativity is truly unlimited and that it is really a process of coming more and more into alignment with what is most deeply true. And uh, we've had people create just miracles in their lives, in their businesses, by understanding that integrity it really allows you to operate in the world as a whole person mm-hmm. and to encourage other people by your presence to come into their own wholeness. Because I think really people want to contribute in the world. They want to make a difference. And that that difference is really best made by you coming into your full self, your whole full self and expressing that in the world. Because every we need everybody's genius. We need everybody being uh, awake and seeing opportunities where they can collaborate to create solutions and to create something new that allows people to thrive rather than just survive. You're expressing this all so beautifully. I feel like I don't even have to ask questions. I'll just let you speak. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's... I do go on. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. I, I You're expressing so many of the aspects of impact that I also feel are, are so important. And that aspect of integrity you just spoke of, I think we sometimes think of it more narrowly in the context of keeping promises or being honest, but it's also about integrity within yourself. Yes. I think it's first about integrity within yourself. It's really uh, what I've experienced that really surprised me was that uh, over the years of practicing it, I've become kind of choiceless in these because I've practiced them for so long that I don't have to make a decision about, you know, am I going to reveal what I'm really feeling here or not? Uh, you know, so we, uh, you know, we don't keep secrets. Uh, we haven't had an argument or criticized each other in certainly in this century, wow. uh, but you know, for at least fifteen or twenty years. And in that kind of atmosphere, there there are many more things that get to flower. There, the our intuition. Uh, but what really made a difference for me was I realized that I almost have like a new skeleton, you know, that's strong and flexible and allows me to move through the world with a genuine impact um, that's not based on force. It's based on presence. Hmm. Well, you've, you've spoken so eloquently about how it, how the impact that you're having with your work is important to you. And could you share a little bit about why it's important for you personally and how that's evolved over that over time? Is that something you've always felt or has it developed? Well, I, I realized that since I was a little girl, I have been passionate about beauty and justice. <laughs> it seems like an odd combination, but... I um I've always uh seen that that our society 
the flowering of society is really to allow people to express their inner artist. What is it that I want to create in the world? And that in order for that to occur, that there has to be relationships of equality. And I can remember as a, as a young girl in school, I think I was maybe in the fourth grade where uh, my teacher was criticizing and actually really kind of castigating one of the other um, students. And I found, uh, this just happened, I found myself coming up out of my chair, I'm probably nine years old, and saying to this teacher, you can't speak to her that way. Wow, good for you. <laughs> and, and I had this voice in me going, oh my God, who said that? Because I, I was scared. <laughs> But there was a deeper voice in me that heard the not only the the inequality, but heard the you know the lack of um, of compassion and seeing this other person as equal. Mm-hmm. And so I know that these values have always been in me. But when I when I met Gay and I saw. One of the things that I so deeply appreciate about my husband, Gay, is that he has been committed to integrity and especially to uh, to being absolutely in uh, in matching what he is saying with what is actually going on in him. He has been impeccable about integrity ever since I've known him. And so meeting someone else who had a value of telling the truth, of finding what is it that's true, but then also what is it that is really possible for us to express when we're not down in the pits slugging it out with each other. Right. You know, if culture if culture is not creating a space where where we can enjoy art and music and dance and poetry uh, and the the building of great structures that allow people to enjoy being together, then what are we doing? So if we're just creating more ways for people to go faster uh, and get more crowded, then I think culture is ultimately going to fail. Mm-hmm. That what what we're really about is creating a world in which people are safe to express themselves and to contribute. And that's, that's always been my, my inner value, although I think as a child, I couldn't quite articulate what that was about. But I've seen that the, you know, as I've experimented in the world, you know, both in relationships and in business and, you know, I've traveled all over the world, I've seen that this is true in every culture that I've been in. And the uniqueness that each of us has to contribute, I so value that, that, you know, to me, you know, in my, in my groups, I have a a leadership and transformation training that I've been doing for 25 years now. And what I see that just so um, delights me is that when people find their own unique expression and they are what I call fully expressed in the world, mm-hmm. that's just about the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's where 
our contributions come from. It's where our collaboration comes from, or where someone goes, oh, right, oh, we could put this together with this, and then, oh, <laughs> then it could be this whole new thing. And, right. you know, that's where entrepreneurial uh, enterprises come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the energy of that and uh, seeing someone who is is in the world in a way that truly expresses themselves. It's very powerful and it's inspiring. And it, it is inspiring and, and it, it gives people, I think it gives gen- people genuine hope. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is, oh, this is possible. Exactly. I don't just have to, you know, drag myself along within the existing context I can create whole new contexts for uh, for people to enjoy their lives, to enjoy more, not just prosperity, but fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Well, you're really living up to your um, role as, a, as, as an evolutionary catalyst by <laughs> talking in those terms. So, And you've obviously been uh, an advocate or, or working to create a space that's safe for people to express themselves and contribute ever since you were a young girl. So, that's Yes, that's really great. true. And it wasn't until I really looked back on those, like, what are those kinds of of moments that have really been signals, they've really been markers uh, on the journey. And those two things have really been uh, wound around each other, you know, through my whole life. And I think each of us have core values that are longing to be expressed through us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I I in the way that your core values have come into play to create the impact that you've wanted to have, what what do you feel are the most important ways that your work is impacting the people that you work with? Well, I'd say that that the very I'd say at the very core is that people discover uh, that they are completely lovable. I think the core issue for all of the humans that I've interacted with is that fear that at the core of things that there's something wrong with me and that I am not in fact lovable. And when people find that they are truly lovable and they learn how to love themselves and generate that from the inside rather than seeking approval uh, trying to get other people to fill a hole in themselves, then people do find their integrity. They find their wholeness by loving themselves. And then they start making different kinds of choices. So rather than feeling like a, a reservoir that has a leak in it, they're able to fill their own reservoir and feel that love then generates creativity and they can generate the kinds of choices that can impact the ways that they want to be expressing themselves in the world. Mm-hmm. And so we've had, you know, our our students have been in every possible field that you can think of. And what they found is that then learning to, after loving themselves, they learn how to open their bodies, their body intelligence. They learn how to breathe. They learn how to expand their movement so they're not operating within roles. 
that they've learned, like the role of the super competent or uh, the role of the critic or the role of the rebel, they really learn that that they are an ever-evolving work of art themselves. And they learn to care for themselves rather than criticizing themselves. And I think that interpersonally, including in business, that criticism is the big killer and that people learn how to move from criticism to genuine appreciation. And when they appreciate, rather than criticizing, living in a, in a criticism-free zone, I think is one of the, the biggest contributions that everybody can make to their environment. And having now lived in a criticism-free zone for really a long time, what flowers in that is your, your deeper wisdom your deeper intuition, your deeper ability to create something brand new or to combine things that haven't been combined before. All of those different kinds of creativity that are available to us then get to flower. Yeah, I've just finished reading the book, The 21-Day Complaint-Free Challenge, and I I have done this challenge before, and it's it's great to be reminded of it because I think it so ties in with what you said about being in a criticism free zone where yeah. you're you're not exteriorizing what's happening it's not about other people it's about your own inner development and and yet in that context you're you are lovable and it creates yes, a, and, and other people can then also they can feel that. Mm-hmm. They genuinely, they actually resonate. The, that is very palpable. We, uh, we're just beginning to be able to measure that. And I wanted to also let people know that our work is known as practical magic. For everything that we talk about, all the values that I'm sharing with you, we have processes for people to actually begin to experience those. And in our new book, Conscious Loving Ever After, for example, we have a whole chapter on how to create a blame-free relationship. So it's not just about your, your intimate relationships, but we've really seen that in any kind of entrepreneurial realm, if, if people know they can step into uh, curiosity rather than criticism, it generates such a vibrant uh, space to to not only work, but to generate. And I think that that's something that each of us can be a source of. I agree. And uh, thank you for, for highlighting that aspect of practical magic, of having actual tools that people can work with in a very tangible way. It's not, yeah. it's not about you know, being positive or, or putting no, on rose-colored glasses. Thinking, yeah, thinking yeah. good thoughts. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I, know that you've had a huge impact in the personal development world, and how, what are your thoughts about your impact in the larger world, how this work is, is influencing the... Well, we have, we have, um, well, we have schools now of our work. We, we have two and three generations now that have not just practiced our work, but actually have embodied it. And 
uh, have taken our work in into business and uh, into the medical field and into prisons and into the educational world. And we have um, practitioners practically on every continent now. That's great. So we have, um, and Gay's book, The Corporate Mystic, which came out, years ago is you know still yeah. used and that's a great really book considered uh, you know it was a, definitely a, a a bestseller when it came out but it's the same principles that i'm exploring with you and we find that that people are taking this into business my one of my latest ventures uh, i have uh I just came from back east where uh, i have helping Eileen Fisher of her design company, uh, she's become very interested in embodiment and how embodiment is really the key to business success, but also community success. So she's created something called the Learning Labs. Mm -hmm. And I took some of my work there just uh, last week, and she and I had a conversation on Friday night. Their company is now streaming her videos and the learning lab, we had a big conversation about fear and the impact of fear uh, in the world. So I'm very excited about the different kinds of collaborations that didn't, wouldn't seem to, you know, this had kind of popped up of, you know, in conferences and in uh, Wisdom 2.0 and in mindful conferences, they're now bringing in the whole aspect of embodiment mm -hmm. and what it is actually to live what live your values and live caring rather than just talking about it yeah i think she's done some remarkable things in her company she's kind of been ahead of her time and i actually met her at the at wisdom 2.0 so it's great that you've been able to collaborate yeah so it's very exciting i think that that i truly think that collaboration is the future that we that entrepreneurs are going to become kind of co-entrepreneurs or what we call interlocking entrepreneurships. So all of our uh, inter our relationships with the people that with whom we work are all people who are expressing their genius. We have you know genius graphic people who work with us and website people who work with us and and people who are. Uh, helping to spread the word about our in-person seminars and how they can use those principles in their work. And our whole ethic has been to give our work away. We've been, we don't hold our intellectual property close to the chest. We have been giving our work away for 30 plus years now. And we're very interested in people blending our work with their genius. Mm. And we're continuing to see the impact of that, you know, everywhere that we go. And it's it's very, very satisfying. It makes me very happy. <laughs> That's a very exciting take on collaboration, that uh, interweaving of your genius with others and, and what that might create. I mean, the possibilities are yes. very exciting. Yeah. I think the possibilities are very exciting. And, and we see things popping up. Every day, for example, one of our graduates has created um, <clears throat> something called the Billions Institute and, and um, was personally responsible for generating the systems that housed 100,000 homeless vets. 
And so, and she got honored at the White House. Her name is Becky Margiata, and mm-hmm. she's one of our grads and has been blending our work with her genius and has now created a school, Skid Row School for Large Scale Social Change, where three or four of, uh, of our entrepreneurs, including me, uh, get together with people who are wanting to create big impact in the world. Wow. And we, uh, we get together for a three-day deep dive into this, the principles that will create large-scale social change. And then they go out and uh, teach that to their, uh, to their people. And those uh, we're, have now affected, mm, we're, we're up to about 34 million people that have had wow. direct impact from just that. So I, I do think that this is the future, and this is what I'm putting my attention on rather than, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's going on? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, what a wonderful way to, to blend your work with others and to kind of bring you, bring you together with people. It, it's rejuvenating for you as well as for, yes. for them, I'm sure. Is, are there... I mean, you spoke, uh, and your work has been so much about trusting the body. Are there yes. aspects of self-care of your body or or um, your mind, your emotions that you follow as a way to be able to maintain the impact that you want to have? Oh, yes. In fact, we have a whole, um, we wrote a whole book on body intelligence at the speed of life. And one of our uh, long-term trainings is all about body intelligence and how to cultivate body intelligence. And so I I would say that the key to body intelligence is giving yourself curious attention rather than critical attention, Mm. is giving yourself that, hmm, hmm, what what is my body telling me? Hmm. What is this twinge here about? Hmm. I'm feeling tension. Hmm. I wonder. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm scared. I can see that I'm scared right now. Though that process, which is, you know, it's just a huge frontier for most people. But I would say the gateway is noticing: Am I giving myself curious, loving attention? Or am I am I criticizing myself? That that's really the the entry point to having a whole new relationship with this huge frontier of your body intelligence. And I think it's really the leading edge in entrepreneurial work uh, because you're not going to get to where you want to go. You're not going to develop your genius just by thinking about it. You need your body intelligence in those thousands of years of inheritance that that you're carrying with you in your cells. Yeah, um, that's really well put. I I know that your work has been very important in bringing some of this to light and that um, I was actually at a dance performance last night, a local company named Terpsichor, and they watching dancers move has always fascinated me because they have such exquisite control over how they use their bodies and i think people have tended to say well that's that's for a special group of people but right that's just only for them right but you're you're really talking about it as valuable to everyone and and valuable to everybody and that everybody can enjoy living in in a body and feeling the flow of aliveness and that's something that 
that we can continue cultivating lifelong. And I know as somebody who was, you know, pretty much in my head, you know, as a youngster that I got into movement to really find my body. And uh, I so I know that it's totally possible for people to enjoy really the 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 fabulousness of you know the miracle of actually having a body and, and being able to enjoy breathing and moving and sharing and laughing and discovering uh, that that life doesn't have to be about suffering and compromise hmm. and hard work. Uh, it can really be about uh, enjoying and presencing, connecting, and then playing together. Mm, that's great. That's yeah. That's very very well and eloquently put. So, um, in the course of the the impact that you've had, the work that you've done over a long period of time, you've run into obstacles, barriers, problems, whatever term you want to put to it. How have you been able to move through that? Is is there an example you could share with us? I, I always think it's inspiring to, for people to hear, yes, there are obstacles that pop up and and oh. we can move through them. Oh, yeah. There are many, many, many obstacles. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one from early in my life that really set me on this course. I, um, I had a congenital um, issue with my legs that I would be running along and my my knee would dislocate and I'd fall down. Hmm. And uh, because of the dynamics of my family, I wasn't uh, able to really get any attention for that until um, I was about 17. And, and uh, at that point, my knee had to be completely rebuilt. Yeah. So um, at, at that point, the, the doctors told me, well, you'll never dance again, and it's going to take you probably four or five years to really learn how to move again. Mm. And so that was a huge obstacle. Right. And I, I just decided that I was not going to be limited by that diagnosis. And I set about finding, and it really became, it's a part of my life now of, how to use myself in a way that allows me to be free and to move freely. And I now have been, you know, I've been dancing and moving. This was 50 years ago that I had this surgery and I, I'm stronger, more flexible, more, uh, more embodied, but also am using my body wisdom as a source of knowledge and a source of train uh, of training materials as a source of books so that I know it's possible to turn an obstacle into a great opportunity. Yes, absolutely. Um, is there is there insight or advice that you would share with another business owner who's asking themselves how can I how can I be a positive impact uh, make a positive contribution in the world? Yes, I would say the number one thing that's made the difference for me is putting my creativity first. And that means putting my creativity first in the day. I found that it, it only takes 10 minutes a day to play with what is it that I most love to do. And it may not look like it has anything to do with your business, 
But if you will spend 10 minutes really playing with, uh, devoted to expressing something that when you are doing it, time disappears. So whether that's um, journaling or um, listening to music and dancing or creating a new soup uh, in the kitchen or um, writing or whatever it is that you have always loved to do, if you will do that for 10 minutes a day before you get into the business of your day, it will open more magic for you than any single thing you could do. Hmm. I can attest to that. I, I practice that as well. It's very powerful. So thank you for sharing that idea with others and uh, seeing how that can roll out into all aspects of life, including your business. So thank you so much for joining us today, Katie. I, uh, I've so appreciated what you've shared from authenticity, appreciation, and responsibility being so crucial to uh, being in the world and, and the practical magic of tools to uh, how to put that into action. Um, and I so appreciate your worldview and the way that you're choosing to look at what ha what is possible in the world and what is mm. possible for us. So thank you for mm, thank you. Yeah, thank you for your presence in that work. Mm. My pleasure. Well, I, it's a it's a great joy that um, you know it is really generating more aliveness for everybody that I'm I'm really interested in. Mm. That's great. If people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? There are two, well, actually, there are three ways that I'll mention briefly. One is through our two websites. One is Hendrix.com, which is H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S.com. And we have lots of what we call free stuff where people can get uh, information. For example, they can get in our uh, on that site, they can get an article that I wrote several years ago that's called Operational Integrity, that it actually describes how does integrity look in business mm. and what kind of difference can that make for you. So that's one of the things that you can find there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if you go to foundationforconsciousliving.com, you can find all kinds of ways to support your growth as an entrepreneur uh, and in a way that allows you to keep caring for yourself. And if you're interested in relationships, you can go to our Facebook page, which is called Hearts in Harmony, and get lots of relationship tips and videos. And uh, you can also find out about our trainings, our in-person trainings and our online programs. We have a we have a huge body of work. And so <laughs> you can just dive in anywhere. That's great. Well, thank you for offering those resources. I know they'll be valuable for people. And uh, thank you again for being here and for your work in the world. I so value that. Oh, thank you so much. It's a great pleasure to be with you today. And thank you for highlighting uh, impact and how that can be available to everybody. Mm, uh, yeah, it's my it's my pleasure to do that. 
So join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.